0: Can we do something for a little bit? I wonder if we could just kind of give the Lord a hand this morning. Amen. Come on, let's bless the name of Jesus. Come on, His name is beautiful. His name is wonderful. His name is powerful. Amen. I wonder if you could just lift your hands to heaven this morning and bless His holy name. Jesus, you are amazing. You are great. The great God over all the earth. And we give you glory. And we make you famous. Bring your praise, Lord, down, Lord. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Jesus, we love you. Amen. This morning. Amen. How many know it's about Him this morning? Amen. Come on, it's about Him. And aren't you so glad this morning that He died that you could live? Amen. And what He suffered at the cross was, Amen, for our benefit? Amen. How many are just thankful this morning for the cross? Amen. Come on, may we never lose sight of the blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus Christ and the empty tomb of Jesus this morning. Amen. How many know the Bible says that there's three that bear witness on the earth, the water, the spirit, and the blood, and these three agree in one? Amen. How many know they agree that Jesus is Lord? Amen. Come on, they bear witness that Jesus is Lord. Amen. One more time, I wonder if we can put our hands together and say, Jesus, you are God. Amen. You are Lord. Hallelujah. And we worship you this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. We're not doing anything different than what heaven's doing this morning, Amen. Come on, the Bible says they're worshiping around the throne, Amen. The four and twenty elders are, Amen. They're just casting their praise before the Lord this morning and worshiping God is so important that we realize that when we worship God, it's not just to fill time or just do a religious exercise, but, Amen. We are, Amen. Begin, beginning to call on the name of Jesus and worship Him and and all His beauty and all His power. Amen becomes alive in our hearts when we begin to do that. How many believe that? Amen. Amen. A few people. That's great. That's great. Amen. But good to see everybody here today. And and just thank you for joining us, whether you're joining us online or wherever you're joining us. But how many believe there's salvation in the name of Jesus? There's healing in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is holiness and strength and power. Amen. It's peace and joy. Amen. In the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I bear that name. I'm marked by that name. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not just something I kind of carry around my pocket. Amen. My very DNA is in there. Amen. And Jesus is in there. And so I believe that when Jesus saves us, Amen, there is something that marks us for all eternity and is the precious name. Amen. That is above every other name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on. Amen. We're excited about that this morning. And so. Well, people want to know what we're about. We're just trying to tell you what we're about. We're about Jesus. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, and His power and His kingdom. And so, uh, just wanted to, um, you know, uh, reiterate some things about the announcements, especially in the next couple of weeks. But uh, just kind of keep, um, uh, you know, uh, track of what we're doing online and, and stay close to the events. There are some details that uh, we talked about this morning in the announcements, and sometimes there's a lot of them. So, we want you to point you to the uh, website and and want you to get your information there. If you have any questions, you know, you can definitely ask and and call the office and and, uh, talk to us. But, um, you know, we also want to just reach out to those that maybe you're sick in your body, maybe you're listening today and you really need prayer. You're in a desperate, desperate situation. We want you to know we're here to pray with you and stand with you in prayer and believe God for the impossible in your life, and, and whatever you're going through, amen, you got to know that there's people that got your back. There are people that are willing here to pray and, and ask the Lord on your behalf to move in your life. And so we want you to reach out. Just reach out to us. Maybe you can't really say, I don't want to talk about it. I want to tell anybody. Just, just drop us a line or, or, or connect with us online or whatever. Just, you know, make that prayer request known. And uh, I, I just want to thank the Lord for an intercessory prayer team. You know, we, they pray during the week, and we do have an intercessory prayer team here that are so faithful to pray for the needs. And so if you have a need today and you say, I just want the church to know this is what I'm going through, this is my need, amen, I want you to uh, be confident today that people are going to pray for that need, amen. And so I want to encourage you about that today. Isn't it good to know that someone's praying for you? How many of you are here because somebody prayed for you, amen? Amen. Come on, some of you say, my mom wouldn't stop praying for me. My dad prayed for me. My grandmother, my aunt, she prayed for me. How many are thankful for a praying grandmother? Amen. Praying mom and and dad and and people that just didn't give up on you in prayer. And so that's what we believe here. So we really uh, just want to throw that out this morning. Amen. Well, we're excited about the Word today and getting in the Word of God and and just really um, preaching the Word. And and, uh, sometimes I go to church and I'm like, yeah, I want to hear the Word too. You know, I'm kind of but I got to do it. So I'm the one that, you know, so here um, today I find myself wanting to hear the word, but also wanting, having to deliver the word. So anyways, but I believe that um, what we're facing in our nation or what we're going through, whatever, as a people, as a people group, uh, I believe that we see, you can see great um, evil in the world and you can see great trouble in the world. But how many at the same time, amen, that the world kind of is going crazy, how many know at the same time God is moving? Amen. God is doing something amazing. God is doing something powerful in the midst of chaos and darkness and and all around. And aren't you glad that Jesus isn't afraid of what's going on? He's not nervous about what's going on. He's He's concerned, but he's not scared to death about what's going on. Come on. We may be afraid, but how many know our God is at peace about what's going on? And we need to be reassured today and confident in that God's will is going to be done in the earth. When Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, he said, I want you to pray that, Lord, pray that your will would be done on the earth as it is in heaven. How many know that's a good prayer to pray, right? But we need to also have the heart be ready to pray that prayer and expect the will of God to be done in the earth. And how many know sometimes it doesn't look like what we want it to look like, but God's will always prevails. Amen. And we want God's will done in the earth right now, in our culture, in our society, in our day. We want to see the will of God done. Amen. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I want to see God's will. Amen. I want to see God's will done in the world, in our nation, in our state, in the city, in my family, in my life. Amen. I want to see God's will done in the earth today. I want to share with you a scripture out of Romans chapter 9. And I want to talk to you today about God's will in the earth. I'm not a expert on God's, uh, you know, the permissive will and, and God's sovereign will and, and all those things. I'm still learning about all those things, and and but I do know a, a few things that the Scriptures tell us about the will of God. I think there's a lot of Christians that do believe um, and somehow think that um, that maybe the world will get better and better over time, and that if we just uh, convince people of morality and Christian theology or Christian ideology uh, and somehow we just need to get into certain uh, maybe some key areas in our society and if Christians just ruled that part and we just took over and we just dominated that and we made it Christian, uh, Christian thinking and Christian principles and have everybody be moral then, then it'll be great and, and God will be pleased and everybody will be saved and Jesus will come back but how many know uh, it doesn't work that way But nevertheless, God's will can be done in every situation, in every day, in every part of society, God's will is happening. How many believe that? That God is doing something amazing, God is working, and there's no part of our society that God isn't involved with. I believe in God's power. I believe in God's sovereignty. I believe in all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, everywhere, all-powerful God. Amen. And we believe that here in our church, and that's why we're Christians. Christians believe in that. Amen. And so I I want to read a scripture to you and just kind of talk a little bit about the will of God in the earth and use somebody's life as an example, as Paul does in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 9, verse 15. Now, Paul goes back and he's talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and how God chose them. God's will was. Done through them, and then he says, and he goes back to the Exodus account, and he talks about Moses, and and then he says in verse fifteen, he says Paul says that um, God told Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. In the verse seventeen, for Scripture says to Pharaoh, God spoke to Pharaoh through Moses. In Exodus, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Verse 18, therefore God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. In verse 17, he says that God raised up Pharaoh. He spoke to Pharaoh, I'm raising you up for this purpose, that my power may be displayed in the earth, and that my name will go through all the earth. Amen. You know, God used Pharaoh. Amen. In, in, In Psalm 75, it says this, that God is the judge. He lifts up whom he will, and he puts down whom he will. How many believe God's in charge? Say it one more time. How many Christians believe our God is in charge? There's not one area, not one place, not one person, not one bit of even nature itself that is out of the reach of the living God. Amen. Our God is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing, and He's got everything according to His plan and purpose running right now. Well, it's not going the way according to the church or, or America or our plan, but how many know it's going according to God's plan? Amen. Nobody on this earth is going to be able to get outside of God's plan, God's will. God's will touches every person. Amen. Every society, amen, every bit of society is governed by the will of God. And see, at the beginning he says that I will show mercy to whoever I want to show mercy to. I will love whoever I want to love. I will show compassion. I will show mercy. I will show grace to whoever I want to show grace to. That's not unrighteous of God to do that because mercy has nothing to do with justice or debt. It just has to do with undeserved kindness of God, the undeserved kindness of our God. He's just going to show mercy where he wants to. And then he goes in and talks about Pharaoh and the account back in Egypt, the children of Israel coming out of bondage. And he talks about it was his wrath and his mercy working at the same time. Why? Because I'm God. And I'm going to show mercy to whoever I want to show mercy to. And I'm going to show my wrath to whoever I feel that needs to, who deserves my wrath. Come on, that's God. I said, that's God. All right? And so we know that God, amen, works. And, and so one of the things that I would just want to get through today is that our complete and total uh, uh, really kind of uh, uh, heart is really, an, and our objective as a Christian is to do the will of God and to have the vision of doing His will in our lives. To have the heart and the mind to do God's will. That really needs to be, really in every believer, that needs to be our objective is to glorify God and do His will in the earth. We talked about that last week, about making Jesus popular and, and glorifying God. But how many know God wants to be glorified? I said, I said I, how many know he, he's, he's God? He's got a little bit, just a little bit of an attitude. He thinks He's God. And He wants to be worshipped. He created us to be, to, for, him, for us to glorify Him in the earth. He created uh, uh, all the heavens, the Bible says, and the earth, everything in the earth, to give Him worship. Amen. He just loves worship, doesn't he? Amen. Why? Because he's God and He deserves it. Amen. And so, how many know if you're God, you can can ask for worship, you can you can demand worship a little bit, I think. So so he he wants worship, but our objective as Christians is that God, I want to do your will and I want to glorify you in my life. That should be our heart. Come on. And so we've got to have a heart change and a vision change in order to do God's will and glorify him in our lives. It takes a heart change. Amen. And how many believe that when you're born again, when you're saved, that God changes your heart and God changes your vision? Amen. And I'm so thankful because the Holy Ghost has been given in our lives to help us stand in the will of God, that we can accomplish the will of God, that we can know the will of God, that we can walk in the will of God. Amen. How many believe that that the Holy Spirit is helping us? Amen. Walk in. The will of God, and so as this prayer that we pray, Lord, let Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe that's so so necessary today to be praying. Aim according to that prayer, Amen. You believe that? Let me just give you a, a couple facts about the Lord's will, about God's will. Number one, it's important to understand that God is sovereign. I think that goes without saying. God is sovereign. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's everywhere. He come on heaven and earth. He's in every dimension. Amen? We say, well, He's just not, He's not, he's, he's there. He's God. He fills all in all, the Bible says. He is sovereign. I don't think we should ever lose sight and forget the fact that God is sovereign. When you watch the news and you hear news, amen, whether it's good or bad, you need to say, God, you're sovereign. God, you are sovereign. You work the way you want to work. You do what you want to do. How many know He's sovereign? How many know we can't change Him? He changes us. Amen. We can't uh, create anything. He creates everything. Amen. He alone is sovereign. He alone is all-powerful, all-knowing. He is God. It's so important that we keep that at the forefront of our minds today. Amen. And never forget that. Because how many know some people get, they drift out of that and they drift away. They think that I'm all-powerful. I did it. I'm the one that's doing it. But how many know that's a big, huge mistake? Because we are nothing without Him. We are nothing even at our our peak of human uh, powerful and and talent and abilities. We're still nothing. We're still frail. We have a life expectancy. God does not. We have a limit to our mind. God does not. We have just kind of a, a, a a short term to our power and our abilities. God does not. He's all sovereign. The second thing to understand about God, I need to hurry through this, and that is God's plans and desires will be played out in the earth so that He can be glorified. That's something important to understand about God, that His plans and His desires will be played out so that He will be glorified. How many know God uses circumstances? God ministers through people to bring His will to pass in the earth. Amen. And when God's will is done, He is glorified. When God's will is accomplished, He is glorified. Amen. Man is not glorified. A person is not glorified. Come on. God is glorified. Hallelujah. You said, well, I know that. Well, I'm just giving you truth. That's all. And we all agree on the truth, right? Or should. Amen. But let me just say this about about God's plans and desires. Not all of God's plans go your way. Not all of God's plans are explained and understood initially or maybe even ever. God doesn't have to explain Himself, He just does what He wants. Hello. Amen. God doesn't have to explain Himself. And so God… The other thing is important to understand is that God does not always use Christians to fulfill His will in the earth. We think that everybody has to be churchgoer, church member. Born, saved, sanctified, that's not how God works. In Romans 9:17, he said, God said, I'm going to use Pharaoh to glorify my name. I'm going to use Pharaoh to fulfill my will in the earth. The last person we would want God to use. The last person, especially back then, you would say, oh, God's using Moses. God's going to use Joshua. God's going to use this one. We wouldn't say, God, use Pharaoh to do your will. But God said, I'm going to use you to fulfill my purpose and bring glory to my name in all the earth. And how many know thousands of years later, we're still glorifying God through what he did through Pharaoh? That's pretty deep, isn't it? Think about it. But God doesn't always use Christians to accomplish His will. And the third thing to understand about the Lord's will is that God wants everyone to know their Creator and to worship Him as their God. That's God's will. God's will is that everyone will know Him as as their Creator. God wants everyone to know that He is their Creator. Life came from Him. Their existence is of him. Without him, they are nothing. They they, they can't breathe without God. God wants everyone to know that their creator, that God is their creator, and they and God wants everyone to worship him as their God. That's so important to understand, isn't it? Amen. And so, you know, God works among us in such a way that he reveals how good he is, doesn't he? God works in a way that, man, we just know God is so Good the Bible says that the goodness of God brings men to repentance. How many are here because God showed you how good He is Amen but how many know that God also moves among us and works in our in our in circumstances uh, because He reveals again how frail we are and how much we need Him. God also works in a way that Lord, why would you use that? Why would you do that? Why would you allow a person to come to power and kill over 12 million people? Why would you allow that? Why would you do that? Why, if you're so good, why would, because he wants us to see our great need for him. He wants to put us in a place that, oh my goodness, we have got to have God. We have got to call on the name of the Lord. We need a Savior. We need Jesus. Come on, somebody, amen. Amen. You're not here because, most of you aren't here because you filled out a card that said, yeah, I want to go to church. You're here because you said, I need a savior. I need to be saved, not I need to get back in church. Most of us are here today because we said, I need to be saved. I am, I am lost. I'm a sinner. I am headed for hell. And the only one that can save me is Jesus, right? We see our great need for him. And so that's what God does. He He works. That we'll see our great need for Him and how frail we are, and God allows men to devise their plans so long, right, for so many t- from along so 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 long along His timeline, and then He says, "Okay, I want to bring you to a place that you realize, you need Me, you need Me," and, and and so in His sovereignty, God does step in, and God in God's sovereignty and power, He does, Amen, move among us in such a way that we can say, "Man." This was God. Amen. And so we have to understand that when you want to God, do God's will, when you want to do God's will, God will strengthen you. God will encourage you to do His will. How many believe that with all your heart? I need to move along. God will encourage you to do, uh, and, and God will also encourage you to keep on with the vision or the desire to do His will. He's going to strengthen you. But can I also say this, and this is proved over and over again in the Bible, when you don't want to do God's will, when you don't want to love God, He will encourage you. He will strengthen you not to do His will. To do your own desire. To go your own way. God will strengthen you and give you courage to do that. Hello? I just, I, I just thought you Amen a few minutes ago when we said God's sovereign. Did you know that? When you don't want God, then God will encourage you and strength give you courage to do that. If that's not your vision, if that's not your, if you say, I really want to worship false gods, God will actually give you a heart to do that. He will actually allow that to go on because He's given you a free will. And, and what we don't understand about God's sometimes, that free will that God is actually will strengthen you in that free will. Amen. And so I want to show you that through Pharaoh. And when you don't want to do God's will, and we don't want to, I mean, that's a bad thing. We thought, well, who wouldn't want to do God's will? How many know there's plenty of people that don't want to do God's will? That's why we're here today, because we've got a job to do. We want to preach the gospel to everyone so they'll be saved, so their heart is transformed, their mind is transformed, so they'll want to do God's will. Amen. That's the job we have. And the fourth thing I want to bring out today about this, and especially Romans chapter 9, that God uses or ministers through those He chooses. He'll do it. That's what he's saying in uh, in Romans 9. He's saying, look, I chose Abraham. I chose him. I chose Sarah. I could have chose other people, but I chose Sarah. Now, I chose Isaac, right? And Jacob, I, I chose them. He said, I didn't choose Esau. I chose Isaac. I chose Jacob. I chose Joseph. That's me. I did that that was by my mercy that's according to my plan now you might not agree with that and you may not understand that come on but I did that that's what he's saying in Romans chapter 9 that I will have mercy on whom I have mercy I will have compassion I will bring the blessing of the Lord through a young virgin named Mary that's my choice God's saying that's my will I'm gonna do that that's just the way I work now, whether you like it or not, or whether you can't, how many know you can't work for that? That's what the Bible says. You can't even desire it enough. God just does what he wants to do. And when God wants to move in the earth, and when he wants to do something in the earth, and he wants to establish his name, he's saying, Look, I'm going to minister through who I want to minister to. I'm going to choose who I choose to minister through, and it could be Pharaoh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness oh my goodness, it could be Pharaoh. And so, we see this in Romans chapter 9. And so, what happens when God promotes evil people? What happens when God strengthens their heart? What happens when God, like, God used Pharaoh to accomplish His will and glorify His name? I mean, mean, this is what we see, and and, and He says, and and in verse 18, He says, uh, you know, I'm not only going to show mercy who I want to show mercy, but I'm going to harden who I want to harden. Now, now, uh, again, this was messed with me for a little bit, and I dug in the Scriptures and began to pray. I said, I get it now, Lord. I understand. The Bible says that Pharaoh was even told by Moses from the Lord that he was placed in his position by God. said, Pharaoh, you were put here by God. How many believe God puts people in positions? <laughs> you were put here by God so that he could show his power and declare his name throughout all the earth. Exodus chapter 9, verse 16. And so... Here, here's here's the thing about this story that uh, we see through the Exodus, uh, you know, and we have to ask this question: Does God harden people's heart? Does God soften people's heart? Yes, I mean, believe. Yes, that's what the scriptures say. Yes, how? According to their response to His will. God will soften somebody's heart according to their response to His mercy. So, so, so how many have been praying a long time for that relative that's hard, hard-headed and stiff-necked and everything? You've been praying for years. Why aren't they getting saved? Why aren't they getting saved? Because they're not bending to the will of God yet. When they do, God can soften their heart. And when God says, oh, his heart, God, you need to harden their heart. Or God, you harden their heart. God did it maybe, but according to their response to his will, God then hardens their heart. Isn't that amazing? I mean, think about this. And so, this account is so powerful. Does God take away man's free will then? No, He certainly does not. God does not take away man's free will. But He wants you to willingly have a heart and vision to worship Him. That's what God wants. God wants us to have that willing heart and that willing vision to worship God, that we want to do what God wants to do, that we love God. Come on, that we are, are bent towards the living God. And when you have that, the Bible says that He will begin to use you to fulfill His will. Other than that, you have a free choice. You have a free will. God never will not violate that free will. There's no angel, there's no demon that can violate your will. Hello. Well, I just came under possession. and I don't know what I'm doing. The devil, no, no, no. You cannot be possessed. Just wake up in the morning. Next thing you know, you're possessed by a demon. He can never violate your will. It has to have an open door, open vessel, a yes from us or a no from us. That's why it's so important. The Bible says resist the devil and he will what? Flee. What you're saying is not my will. It's not going to be my will. My will is to resist you. I'm not open to demonic attack. I'm not open to demonic influence. I'm not open to that. I mean, I know what I'm talking about. See, we got to go on. But so, so let's look at this Exodus and look at this story. Uh, and this is amazing because so have you, you've read the story, right? So Moses gets called from God. In in Exodus chapter 6, in chapters uh, 6 through 9, he gets this call from God. He says, there's going to be a tremendous revival in Egypt. You're the evangelist. I'm going to set my people free. Go down and tell uh, Pharaoh, let my people go, right? So he goes down, Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh's like, yeah, right. That's not happening, right? That's not happening. And so we see that that Pharaoh begins to... uh, Begins to move, and, and in, in chapters 7 through 9, the Bible says that Pharaoh hardened his heart. But in chapters 9 through 12, the Bible says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Huh. Isn't that amazing? He said that, and, and, and then God said, I'm going to use the plagues. I'm going to give the ten plagues. And every time, he hardened his heart. And then he would retract. Okay, you guys can go. Uh, and then he would say, nope. He would harden his heart, or God was harden his heart. Nope, not happening. You're not leaving. We're not doing this, right? Come on. You read the story. Have you ever wondered? Is it God that hardened his heart or did Pharaoh harden his heart? It, did God make him uh, violate his free will? Did God make him say no? I mean, can, God can do everything. He can do anything. So, so, so was Pharaoh automatically just born that way and he was just chosen to... to no, that's, that's not what happened. God never violated... Pharaoh's free will but we see this going back and forth and and why God used 10 plagues to do it I believe that God did it to over and over to reveal himself to show himself to man he didn't need 10 plagues he he didn't have to do it he could have just said you know what you're out of here one day you're leaving out of Egypt you're going I'm setting you free Pharaoh can't do anything about it but he chose to use Pharaoh to reveal his glory to reveal his plan in the earth and to fulfill his will for God's people he used somebody like Pharaoh. Think about it. And so we see that God didn't take away Pharaoh's free will. What he did was he enhanced his free will. Think about it. So the two words, if you were to look up, that the Bible says in in Exodus chapter 7 and Exodus chapter 9, it says that Pharaoh hardened his heart, but then it says that God hardened heart. Pharaoh's heart. There's two words there in Hebrew. The first one means harden or heavy. There's that negative connotation, stubbornness. He became stubborn. But that also, there's another word that means, a Hebrew word, that means to strengthen or to make strong. God strengthened or made strong Pharaoh's heart. That's what it says. That word there is that positive connotation, to bring courage. So Pharaoh's heart was was this. Here's Pharaoh's heart. It was to worship other gods. That was his heart. His vision was was self-promotion and glorification, idolatry. That was his vision. That was his vision, right? And so God would never make him more stubborn, right? He only said, okay, I'm going to let you on your own, and you're going to become stubborn on your own. And so, so the Bible says there's two words here, harden and to strengthen. And so you, it goes back and forth where Pharaoh hardened, he became more stubborn. And then the Bible says that God made Pharaoh's heart courage and strengthen his heart. Isn't that amazing? This is, this is, I mean, this is in the Bible. And so really what it is is that uh, he, would, he would get stubborn on his own without God's help. That Pharaoh, because his heart wasn't towards the Lord and he didn't want the will of God, that God didn't say, I'm going to make you more stubborn. No, he just left him on his own and he was more stubborn. He grew more frustrated. He grew more angry with God. Think about it. And so God would add courage to his pursuit of his vision of idolatry. God added courage to the pursuit of his defiance of God. That's what the word means. When God strengthened his heart and God brought courage to Pharaoh's heart, meaning that God brought courage to his pursuit of defying God. Remember, God used Pharaoh so that his glory could be seen in the whole earth and his will be done. So God hardened or strengthened, brought courage to Pharaoh's heart of stubbornness and pride. That's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I just, I, I just said, Lord, I, I see this in a different light now. And and so what he's saying is, and what it means is, is that God is lending him more power in his fight against God. Isn't that amazing? He's giving him more power to defy him. Why? Because he wants to defy God. God's not changing his will. Come on, somebody. God's saying, if that's your will, I'll empower you to do that more. So that I can be glorified, so my will can be done. Think about it. And God says, I'll strengthen you in your pursuit until you realize the truth of my power, my glory, and my will. So I'm going to strengthen you and give you courage in your pursuit against me until you come to the place you realize I am God. Wow. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? And so Pilate even said this to Jesus when Jesus was being, getting ready to be uh, crucified. What did he say? Don't you realize I've got the power to destroy your life? Jesus said, you don't have any power except it was given to you by God. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep going according to the will of God because God is going to strengthen your already made up mind to kill me. Right? Right? Jesus said that. He said, your power doesn't come from God. He said, you just need to do what you need to do. Just keep doing what you need to do. Just keep playing according to God's will. Because it's already in your heart to go against God. It's already in your heart to turn over the Son of God. Come on. How many know God didn't make Judas bad? It was already in Judas's heart. God strengthened the sin that was already in his heart. I mean, the defiance that was already in his heart. Think about it. Man, I can't. That's just amazing. Why? Because it's already there. God didn't create him to be stubborn. He was already stubborn against God. He had made up in his mind. The moment Moses told him, you're chosen of God, God put you in that position, read it. You'll see in verse, chapter 7 or verse 2, he said, who is this God that puts me in power? That's defiance, isn't it? So that's why it's important we pray. God, I pray that you would just give us leaders, right? give us leaders that want your will. They don't have to be Christian. They just need to have a heart of God. Just have a heart of God's will. Just have a vision for God's will. That's important, isn't it? Amen? And so the Exodus in chapters 9 through 12, God had to step in because Pharaoh could have even weakened, not in, his, not in giving to God, not in giving in, in to God, but weakened in his pursuit of idolatry. He could have even weakened, but God said, you know what? I'm going to strengthen that pursuit of idolatry because I need my will to be done and I need you to fulfill my will. I need you to play your part in this, because you've already said, you've already made up in your mind to defy me, and so now I'm just going to give you courage in that defiance. Man, that's important, isn't it, to know? And so that's, that, that, that you know, just really makes a step back, and so he, 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 um, he really gives him this courage, and this is what it means, that God hardened his heart, not to give uh, into God, but that he would be weak in his, his pursuit of idolatry. Uh, and so notice this, that it was at the seventh plague, the one of fire and ice and hail, right? In Exodus chapter 9, verse 27. It was at this, this seventh plague where all of a sudden uh, Pharaoh had an, uh, this, this kind of epiphany and he said, he said wait a second, he said, um, uh, hold, hold on, uh, I realize that that you are righteous and we are not. All of a sudden he had this revelation like, okay, wait a second, I realize and I'm... I'm, I'm confessing that God's people are righteous and we are wicked, right? And even in that confession, that wasn't, well, we would take that and we'd be like, oh, see, he's a Christian. Oh, yeah, see, he's a believer. Well, what does the Bible say? He turned around and he hardened his heart. So so one of the things that we see here is that seventh plague, and this is why he did that. And this is very important. God, again, could have went he could have did three plagues, he did ten. And so at the seventh plague, the Bible says that there was fire and ice and hail, right? That's what it says. There were fire and ice mixed together. There was that, that hail of, of fire, the hail of fire. That was fire and ice together. I liked what one historian said. He said, if it was just fire, then Pharaoh would have said, oh, the Egyptian god of fire is raining down. If it was just ice, he would have said, oh, the god of the atmosphere, the god of ice of Egypt is just raining down, but because it was fire and ice mixed together, which is like blows people's minds, like is, is totally like, that doesn't happen. You don't get fire and ice together. He had to say, this is God. But he still was hard against the Lord. Think about it. It had to be the Lord to be fire and ice. And so God kept doing this, and God kept... See, one of the things you have to say is God does not beat His enemies into submission, that through, but it's through their defiance that God will accomplish His will and His purpose in the earth. Amen? We think, well, God's just going to beat them up. God, tear them up! No! That's not how it happens. God does not beat His enemies into submission. He simply says, okay, in your defiance, you will reveal my power. You will reveal how good I am. You will reveal how evil you are and how good I am. Man, that, that's wisdom, isn't it? And that's strength. That's the strength of God. And so, you know, God was, was saying that I don't want you to give in to me, Pharaoh, because of the lack of strength, but I, but I, want, if, I want you to give in to me by changing your vision. God tells the people, he says, I don't want you to give in to me because I'm forcing you. That's not how it happens. I want you to change your heart. I want you to change your agenda. I'm not going to beat you into submission, but I want you to change your agenda. I want you to change your heart. I want you to change your vision. And when you do that, amen, then God can move in your life and accomplish his goodwill and good purpose. And now what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12? That this is what our heart is about. Be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that which is good and perfect, the will of God, is what we'll begin to walk in. Right? That's why we have to change our vision, change our mindset, change our when it comes to the will of God, because then we can know the will of God and we can walk in the will of God. And so let me just finish up with this, that God has a smarter plan. He used 10 plagues to educate Egypt and the world. He used these plagues. He didn't need them. He, he could have used one. Because one of the things that he wanted everyone to know is that I have control over all the aspects of nature. I'm God of all the gods of Egypt. The flies, the, all that stuff, represented Egyptian gods. And he said, I'm God over all of it. <laughs> and I'm God over nature. I can, I can bring boils, I can bring fire, I can bring, I can do, come on, I can, I can just, I have control over nature. Remember what I said at the beginning, God wants to save everyone, but He wants to bring everybody back to the place where he, they realize He's their creator. I control creation. I'm over creation creation. Amen. I mean, I thank God for people that want to help the planet and save the environment and do all those good things. That's necessary as good stewards of this place. But let me tell you something right now. God controls all the aspects of the earth. Amen. All the aspects of nature are under His control. That's why He brought the ten plagues. And so the ten plagues are just that powerful sign that God wanted to reveal to Pharaoh and still kind of throw out these these opportunities for Pharaoh to change his heart. That's how merciful God is. That's how gracious God is. Listen to this in Exodus chapter 9, verse 27. Pharaoh sent and called for Moses and Aaron, and he said to them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. We are sinners. You're right, and I'm wrong. That's what he said. But how many know that when we talk about people coming back to, to righteousness or versus morality is not just about coming back to morality because some people can come back to morality and still defy the creator. It's about coming back to the one who's righteous, the one who brings, amen, and gives people a heart, of, a, a, a heart of goodness and a heart of righteousness. And so what it really was, the message was about the plagues is that when you see God as the God of all, you'll change your vision. And that's what God wanted to show Pharaoh. And lastly, God chooses, and whoever God chooses, God uses them. In Psalm seventy-five, verse two, it says this: David wrote, he said, "You say," to, he's talking about God. God says, "I choose the appointed time. It is I who judge the equity. The equity. When the earth and all of its people quake, it is I who hold its pillars fir- firm." To the arrogant I say, boast no more. To the wicked, do not lift up your horns. Do not lift up your horns against heaven. Do not speak defiantly, verse 6, so no one from the east or the west or from the desert can exalt themselves above God. Verse 7, it is God who is the judge. He brings down one and He exalts another. In Proverbs 21, verse, uh, Proverbs 21 verse 1, says the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And like rivers of water, He turns it wherever He wishes. However He wants to irrigate it, however He wants to open this, close this, shut this down, create this, come on, God, amen, has the power, and God's will is being done in the earth today. So I don't want you to lose heart when you read the news, you hear things going on. I want you to take courage that God is sovereign and things are operating according to His plan. And whoever He chooses, He'll use it for His glory and His namesake. So I want you to pray today and begin to pray for people and say, Lord, I pray that you would deal with them and work with them like you did Pharaoh. Time after time after time, you, you brought these, these plagues so that you could show him that you are the God of all creation. You did this so that you could show him and give him that opportunity that you are the one in charge, not him. And you also did it so that he had the opportunity to change his vision and not make it about himself and not make it about the gods of Egypt, but make it about you and your will in the earth. Amen. And so when we pray, and we pray for what's going on, I want you to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And however it looks, we're going to be happy. We're going to rejoice in it because in the end, Lord, your plans work out for good and not for evil to give us a future and a hope. And you're in control and you know what's going on. And Lord, though it looks like things aren't happening and things are falling apart, God, it's all according to your plan. Can you say amen this morning? Amen. Let's stand on our feet today. You know, there's a question that comes about so many times when you talk to people about Jesus, especially if you mention eternity and talk to people, and and people especially that have some type of history or, or some type of history with the church and Christianity. If God's such a good God, why does He send people to hell? If God is so good, why does He send people to hell? The reason is, is He's so loving, He's so good, He gives people a free choice, free will. God doesn't force you to be with Him for eternity. God doesn't force you to go to heaven. If you don't want to, you don't have to. That's the beauty of free will. That's the beauty of God. But how many know when we make that choice, Lord, I want to serve you, I want to walk with, I want to do what your word says. I want to become a Christian. I want, amen, you to wash me of my sins. I want to live with you forever. How many know God begins to work in our lives and all of a sudden he begins to strengthen that heart, that vision to do his will, to walk in his will. And so why? Because we want to because we want to be saved, because we want to worship God. We're here today not because if you don't show up in church, you're not going to heaven. No, we're here because we want to be here, because we want to love God, because we want to do His will, and we want to see His will done in the earth. It's like somebody that, you know, a guy who's constantly pursuing a girl and then he, you know, and she's bugging, you know, he's bugging her and he, she, you know, creeps her out and she doesn't want to, oh, I don't want to be with this guy. I I can't stand this guy. He's always, you know, he's always uh, around me and and then he tells her, I'm going to force you to love me. I mean, no, that can't happen. I mean, that can't happen. Well, same with God. He doesn't say, I'm going to force you to love me. I'm going to force you to, no, he doesn't do that. He says, here I am. And I'm going to keep throwing these things out. I'm going to keep being good. I'm going to keep giving mercy. I'm going to keep loving. I'm going to keep showing grace and grace and grace. Come on, because I want you to choose freely to be with me forever. Amen? So it's important that we pray for people that we love. Lord, bring them to a place of choice, that they'll choose to love you, that their will will bend to your will, and their vision will change to you as the creator, that they will see you in the light of your glory, Lord. And Lord, I'm just an instrument. I'm just, you just minister through me. That's it. I'm nothing without you. I'm just a person. But Lord, you're the one that really loves them. You're the one that's working behind the scenes and doing things in their heart that I cannot see. And that I don't know, but it's all according to your plan. But Lord, I do know this, that it's your will to save them. It's your will for them to come to the place of knowing you and living in eternity. and Amen. So, so the next time says, well, well you know, I don't want to go to church. Well, you don't have to. I don't want to go to heaven. Well, you don't have to. God doesn't want anybody there that doesn't want to be there. Right. And How many know no one will be in heaven that doesn't want to be there? But everybody that will be in hell will choose to be there. That's the reality that we face. That God has given you that He loves you so much. And in His great mercy, in His great compassion, His great love, He's given you that free will to choose. To either be with Him in eternity or be without for the rest of your life. So today, if you're here and you say, I'm not a believer, I'm not a Christian. I don't know God. I'm away from the Lord. I freely choose today. I make up my mind. I choose. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I receive the payment that He paid for my sin and my shame on the cross and my sickness. And I receive Him as Lord and Savior of my life by my own choosing, by my own free will. I lay my sin down. I lay it aside. I forsake it. And I want Jesus to come and be my Lord and Savior, to forgive me of my sin, to heal my body and give me, Lord, the eternal life that He's promised me. That's what I choose today. I don't know about you, but like Moses said to the children of Israel today, Choose life, choose life today, Amen. Can we pray, Lord? We just thank you for your word, and Lord, your word. When we read your word and we began to see some things, it just blows our mind. Like it just, it just opens up my understanding of how you really work and who you really are. But today, Lord, we pray that your will would be done. That's what you told us to pray. You said, pray according to this pattern, Lord. Let the will of God be done. In Williamsport, in our homes, in our hearts, in our lives, let the will of God be done. That's what we want. Lord, if there's any of us here that are fighting the will of God, kicking against the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and, and kind of fighting and going our own way, and our vision is about soul, self-glorification and about self-will, Lord, I pray that we would empty ourselves. Empty ourselves of our self-will and our, our glory and our, our idolatry and just... Like, Pharaoh didn't do that. We want to do that. Lord, help us do that. Empty ourselves so that we can be filled with your will, filled with your vision and the purpose, Lord, of God in our lives. Lord, we just pray that you would help us this next year that we would see, Lord, our society, our culture, our nation differently. Lord, we would see what you're doing differently than than just, oh, it's terrible. No, we'd see it. God's plan. God, you're working. God, you're moving. Why did you allow it? I, Lord, I just have to say, I don't know. I don't understand. But I do know that you're in control. And I do know that you're working all things together for the good of those that love you. I do know that. And I do know in the end, the will of God will last and stand forever. And I thank you for it. And I give you praise. And I, Lord, I pray for comfort and grace today and strength to go through what we need to go through, to walk in this culture, in this society, in this temperament of where we're at, Lord, today in power, in grace. In the glory of Jesus Christ, that we could glorify you and bring you praise in the earth today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen amen and amen. I wonder if we can put our hands together and say, Lord, I want to do God's will. Amen. I want to see God's will done in the earth today. Amen.